the story that we're focusing on this morning, um, there's an element of hospitality going on here. It centers around food. It centers around meeting practical needs and um, is focusing in on how Jesus is amazing at meeting whatever needs we may have. So before I get Chrissy up here, I just want to read to you. This is our focal um, episode from the Gospels this morning. This is Matthew chapter 14, um, verses 13 to 21. I haven't got this up on the screen, sorry, but if you've got a Bible, feel free to track that down. Matthew chapter 14. And it says this, when Jesus heard what had happened, this was when he heard that uh, John the Baptist um, had been martyred for his faith. Jesus heard what had happened. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from their towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. That's a gr great story from the Gospels, and I, I love the, the mathematics of things in the kingdom of God. This is one of those astounding and incredible episodes where the, the mathematics of the kingdom doesn't really stack up to what we know of, of simple addition, multiplication even. We have here five loaves and two fish. And we have a huge crowd with a need. And what Jesus is able to do to take five loaves and two fish and provide enough for everyone to eat and then have 12 basketfuls left over. Like, that's incredible. How does that happen? It's, it's an amazing story of Jesus, again, um, expressing the powerful truth of who he is through the way that he met the need. This was Jesus saying, hey, I'm not just a teacher. This was Jesus able to multiply a very small amount to meet a tremendous need. And in doing so, it's Jesus saying, hey, I am the one who is not just able to provide a meal, I am the one who comes to bring ultimate satisfaction to whatever need or hunger we can have as human beings. So it's a great story. I'm gonna hand over to Chrissy now and she's gonna just bring a few thoughts um, from this wonderful, wonderful story of Jesus. Before Chrissy comes, I just want to say thank you, Chrissy, on behalf of us as a church family for um, not just doing the Easter camp thing, but this has been a, a big year of transition for Chrissy, moving down from the North Island, just sensing something of God's call to come and be with us here at Burnside Elam and to take on the responsibility of overseeing our teenagers here at church. 
She's doing a fantastic job. I really honor you for that and thank you for your willingness to sacrifice and follow the leading of God in your life. And uh, I just want to say, well done. Keep going on that path. Chrissy's an awesome young woman with a great passion for the Lord. Give her a hand as she comes to share some stuff with us this morning. Thank you. What a welcome. That's good. All right. So yes, as Phil's read, there's this story, and it's in all the Gospels of Jesus feeding, I mean, they say 5,000 men, so we know that there's a lot more than that. Um, And in these stories, we read of the disciples distributing the fish and loaves that Jesus has given them. Whenever I'd look at this passage in the past, I would look at it from the viewpoint of the amazing miracle that Jesus performed that day. And although that is still true, um, the other day while I was reading this, I looked at it from a different perspective. Although the disciples were not the ones that performed the miracles, they were the ones that spread it. And I felt like God was calling us to be miracle spreaders. See, it's not through our power that miracles happen, but it is up to us to ensure that everyone gets a piece of the miracle. As the disciples handed out the fish and loaves, I wonder how many times they thought to themselves, when is this going to run out? Or how have we fed this many people and there's still more food? Or I wonder if they had an unwavering faith in a God that can supply more than they could imagine. And they were well aware that they not only got to witness the miracle, but spread it as well. It would have been easy for the disciples to keep the food to themselves, but instead they fed everyone. So many times in our own lives, we can have something miraculous happen to us and we keep it to ourselves. We're so quick to keep it to ourselves. But I wonder how many people would be fed if we spread that miracle around. See, this can be in practical ways of finances or resources. If we're blessed with either of these things, it's quite an obvious way of spreading that miracle. But it can also look spiritual or emotional, and simply sharing our story can be spreading our miracle. How many more people would be fed if we handed out the food? How many more people would be blessed if we spread the miracle? So how do we do that? How do we follow the disciples' lead and get to be miracle spreaders? If we look at the story a little bit more, then we can find some answers. The first step is found in Matthew 14, 19. It says that Jesus took the loaves, looked up to heaven, and gave thanks. And can I just point something out here, right? That if the Son of God, one third of the Trinity, Jesus Christ himself, still needed to give thanks before receiving or performing a miracle, do we think that we can get the same results without first doing the same thing? Jesus had the power to perform the miracle either way, but recognized that giving thanks for what he had in front of him held great importance and could only add value to the miracle. Something else important to point out here that Phil mentioned earlier is that Jesus had just found out that John the Baptist had died, right? He went to be alone. Instead, he's here giving thanks before he feeds the people that are stopping him from getting what he wanted, solitude. We can learn something here, that even if we're not getting what we want, in order to see miracles happen and to spread them, we need to give thanks. We are told in 1 Thessalonians to give thanks in all circumstances. If Jesus can give thanks right after finding out that one of his family members had died, then we can too. Now the original Greek word for the phrase give thanks or blessed is eulogio, that cool word if I'm saying it wrong you wouldn't know which (laughs) in this context means to celebrate with praises 
So Jesus wasn't just thanking the heavens for the bread in his hands. He was celebrating the bread he had in his hands. He was celebrating the fact that he was feeding the people that were keeping him from getting what he wanted. Can we say that we do the same? Can we truly say that we would celebrate the very thing that is stopping us from getting what we wanted? I know that I definitely don't do that. But Jesus knew that in order to perform a miracle, he needed to thank God for what was already in his hands. And in order for us to receive a miracle, we need to be thanking God for what we already have in our hands, no matter the circumstance. To be able to spread miracles, we first need miracles. And to get miracles, we first need to thank God for what we already have. And the next thing we do is also quite simple. We need to take what Jesus gives us and hand it around. In the same verse, in Matthew 14, 19, it says that Jesus gave the disciples the bread and the disciples gave it to the people. Sometimes we tend to overthink and we make simple things complicated. We don't have to add in all these steps that make spreading miracles seem like an impossible task. So the disciples literally took what Jesus gave them and handed it out. If your miracle is finances or resources, then take what Jesus has given you and find a way to hand it out. There are going to be times where it seems that you couldn't possibly hand it around or spread your miracle because that would mean less for you and potentially then not even enough for you. But I know from not only reading my Bible, but also from my own experience that if I'm willing to give what I have, God will continue to provide and bless me with more. I remember a time when I was uh, studying for my degree a long time ago, um, and I was on a practicum. So for those that don't know, I'm an early childhood teacher, and I was on a practicum, which means I was at a different center for four weeks with no pay. So I was about to go into a month of no pay. My first week on practicum, I get into a car accident. And now being under, at the time I was under 25, and to an insurance company, that's like the worst thing, right? It means your excess is astronomical. And so I'm already a broke student, and now I've got no source of income for a month. And I also have to fork out $800 to pay for a car accident. And it seems like I had no possible way of paying that, right? And the Sunday after, I was at church, and we had a special breakthrough offering for a building upgrade. And I stood there, and I was like, I'm not giving to it. I already don't. I'm already a broke student. I already don't have the $800 that I need. I'm not giving to this breakthrough offering. And God kept pushing me to give, and I was fighting with God. You all know how that turns out. It doesn't turn out in our favor. Um, well, it does in the long run, but in that moment. So, but anyway, he kept pushing me, so I gave to this breakthrough offering. I didn't give happily, but I did give. <laughs> and then um, I'm then freaking out because I'm like, I already didn't have enough. Now I've got even less. That was a bad idea. Um, and then I went into church on the Wednesday for our youth Bible study night, and the associate pastor came to me and handed me an envelope with $800 in it and said that someone had handed it into the church office and asked to hand it on to me. They had no idea that I needed the money, um, but they had just felt like God had told them to hand it to the church office. So when it seemed like I was giving over the last of my money with no way to pay for my car, and I'll just point out that my practicum was in the next city over. Right, I needed a car. I couldn't not. I couldn't not go to practicum. I couldn't get there any other way. So when it seemed like I wasn't able to pay, I was going to have no way to do this portion of my degree that was needed. It was necessary. God had other plans, and someone gave the exact amount that I would need. I was absolutely blown away. 
but because I spread the small miracle that I had, because as a uni student fresh out of high school, having any money in your bank account is a miracle, but because I was able to spread that small miracle, God was able to multiply it just like he did with the loaves and the fish. I did the simple task of taking what Jesus gave me and I handed it out. Now, when your miracle is more personal or it's not a material thing, it may seem harder to take it and hand it out. But never underestimate the power of a testimony. Maybe you've had the miracle of healing or a relationship restored or a family member come to know God. These are all miracles that are so easy to take, but we struggle to hand it out. We've got our bread, but we struggle to feed others because it's not as straightforward. So how do we spread that kind of miracle? Well, again, it's quite simple. We tell people about it. I think we all know multiple people that have come to know Jesus because someone has told them what he's done for them. As amazing as it is for people to have one-on-one encounters with God, it's far more likely that people get to know God through people. Hearing stories and testimonies is how most people are going to be fed. Still, as a Christian today, I love hearing testimonies and I'm always blessed by other people's stories. So why don't we tell people when we've experienced a miracle? How many more people would be fed if we spread our miracles? How many more people would be fed if we spread our stories? Let's not keep it to ourselves anymore. So we start by giving thanks for what we already have. Then we take what Jesus has given us and we hand it out. The final step is to let nothing be wasted. This is what Jesus said to his disciples when everyone had finished eating. John 16, 12 says, When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. The original Greek phrase was this cool word up on the screen. Looks good, doesn't it? Um, I asked Phil how to say that before the service. Um, Yep. Yeah. So I think we can all make it up in our own minds for that one. Uh, (laughs) um, But this word, this stunning word, um, means satisfied, full, or satiated. Basically, this verse is saying that every single person there that day had eaten until their hunger had gone. Do you know how crazy that is? That five loaves and two fish fed over 5,000 people until their hunger was gone. I've only got to feed myself and sometimes I don't make enough for my hunger to be gone. But not only was everyone's hunger gone, not only was everyone completely satisfied, there was leftovers. And so it's interesting that Jesus would tack on to the end of his sentence, let nothing be wasted. Jesus knew that there was going to be leftovers and wanted to ensure that the disciples gathered every last bit that was left. I don't think Jesus was worried about the mess that it made or the environmental impact of leaving bread and fish on the beach, but I think he wanted people to remember. He wanted it to have an impact on them for years to come. By gathering the leftovers, it was a memorable image for those there of the amazing miracle that was performed that day. Because it's important that we understand that God is not only a God who provides and just fills the need, he is a God that provides above and beyond what we need. He is a God of abundance. Earlier in the story, we see that the disciples are worried about the cost of feeding everyone, and they're worried the fish and loaves won't feed everyone. But 
See, when the disciples' money seemed impossibly limited and the kids' lunch seemed impossibly small, we see a God come through who is impossibly abundant to the point that there's leftovers. In the same way today, when we are blessed with a miracle, let nothing be wasted. Gather the leftovers and use it as a daily reminder that God can and will provide. Let's stand firm and faithful in a God that is impossibly abundant. We know that we're a very wasteful society, but let that not be the same with our God-given miracles. Let's not waste our resources. Let's not waste our finances. Let's not waste our talents. Let's not waste our testimonies. Let's not waste our miracles. When it seems like the miracle is finished and everyone is satisfied, look around for the leftovers and let nothing be wasted. Now, do we feel slightly more prepared to be miracle spreaders? God has blessed us with so much, and it would be such a shame to only let it feed us and no one else. I love the saying that says, if you're more fortunate than others, build a longer table, not a taller fence. It takes the same resources to build that table as it does that fence. It takes the same resources to help or hurt. It takes the same miracle to do that as well. In other words, we're blessed to be a blessing if we're blessed with a miracle, spread it around. I want everyone here to think of one miracle in your life recently. Maybe it was promotion or a new job altogether or healing or salvation or restoration or literally any kind of miracle. But I don't want you to just think about it and stop there. Thank God for it. Find a way to hand it out and don't let any of it go to waste. Share the resources, tell the testimony, let people know even if it's only one other person, spread your miracle this week. Let's pray. Lord, I first and foremost want to thank you that you are a God of miracles and you are a God of abundance. Thank you that you continue to bless us and provide for us in ways that we could never imagine. Lord, I pray that we would always be able to recognize the miracles in our lives, no matter how big or small. I pray that we would have the boldness to spread those miracles. Help every person here, myself included, to give thanks no matter the circumstance. Give us the strength to celebrate with praises the good things in our lives, but also the things that seem to be standing in the way of what we want. I pray that we would celebrate the obstacles, Lord, because we know that you will still bring about miracles. Lord, I pray that we would be able to take what you've given us and hand it out. We recognize that in every miracle there is a way to spread it and use it to bless others. And I pray that it would be clear to us with every miracle how we can hand it out. We thank you for what you continue to give us, Jesus. And we pray that we can hand it out in a way that blesses others and honors you. And Lord, help us to not let any of it go to waste. I pray that every person here this morning would gather the leftovers and let them serve, serve as a reminder of a God who provides. In Jesus' name, amen.